it's not easy to build an organisation and a sustainable organisation. So actually, where do you get that perspective from when sometimes in our day-to-day lives and jobs we're so deep in the detail. The more conversations we had with business leaders, there was a real sense of needing to be ethical in how you grew your organisation. Good businesses define their purpose in ways that they actually inform decision making. It's those that are willing to to have a go, to, to accept the imperfection in some of what they're doing, but have a clear sense of, of direction and purpose and motivation. They are the ones that are actually having an impact. Hello, in today's podcast, we're introducing the Taylor Vinter Zebra Project. I'm in conversation with Dom Holmes, John Nell and Soraya Senior, reflecting on their experiences and their key takeaways from the Zebra Project so far, including the key themes and questions that need to be addressed as we move forward. This podcast was recorded pre-COVID lockdown. We discussed businesses as creative communities with a cause, the soft infrastructure of business as the foundation for success, sustainability as a leadership theme rather than a job title, and the role of Zebra as a positive challenge to business leaders looking to make a difference in a meaningful way. This is the first conversation as part of a new podcast series uh, within the Zebra Project, and I am really delighted to have with me today three good people, three interesting people uh, who have come as guests, but they're actually my moral support. So thank you, and uh, really, really good to have you here. Those three good and interesting people are Soraya Senior, Dom Holmes and John Nell, all of whom were uh, fantastic and active participants in the Zebra Project over the last um, 18 months. The idea of the podcast has been to uh, reach a wider audience with the conversation that we've been having about good business and reimagining business for the future. And we're really hopeful that this series brings to listeners uh, conversations with uh, business leaders, people involved uh, at a strategic and at a coalface level dealing with some of the issues that we've picked up. And I am super excited to, to kick this off. We've not had this sense of anticipation, I don't think, since we launched the Zebra Project way back in January 18, the fantastic uh, keynote from uh, Matthew Taylor, the CEO of uh, the Royal Society. And we... Uh, haven't had this sense of community since we got everyone together for the anniversary party for the Zebra Project, where um, hundreds of us came together to celebrate what we'd been talking about and enjoying over the previous 12 months, um, but also to uh, share our experiences and build networks and connections. And that's really what the Zebra Project uh, is all about. So super excited to kick off. Hope this is the start of a fantastic journey for us and for all of our listeners to the podcast. I will do a terrible job of introducing uh, my guests, but I'm going to start and allow them to do a much better job. So um, Soraya is a warm-hearted and enthusiastic people person, uh, (laughs) HR professional, uh, who has uh, been a fantastic uh, participant and ambassador in the project. Dom is uh, one of the leading employment lawyers uh, with a particular expertise in gig economy issues. And any of you that have been to the uh, Zebra Wall, which is a set of video recordings from the various events that we had over the previous 12 months, will have seen uh, Dom on the mic. And uh, he was a dark horse and a hidden talent when it came to <laughs> interview techniques. So Dom, good to, good to have you with, with us. Um, John Nell, John is an author, a thinker, and an all-round very good man. 
um, and uh, has been a great, great champion of the project and ambassador and has helped us hugely in drawing out some of the key themes that have come from the numerous events that we've been involved with um, over the last 18 months and uh, very pleased to have you all here. I thought a really good way for you to introduce yourselves to, to anyone listening to the podcast was firstly to correct anything I've said that you disagree with and secondly, um, perhaps tell us what your favourite podcasts are and why. We are launch- launching a podcast series after all. Tom. So I'm going to alienate lots of people immediately. I've got quite niche interests, Matt. So uh, my favourite podcasts are uh, the Snooker Scene podcast. I'm a big snooker fan. Um, I love the History Extra podcast. I'm a big history fan. And I love the Ramblings podcast. I'm quite a keen walker. So um, hopefully some of those will resonate with some of you at least. Excellent sense of who you are, Dom. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Soraya. So I'm a big fan of the Cooper Review um, by Sarah Cooper. It's It's a funny take on the insights of um, working life, um, which actually gives you a real world view. So, you know, I geek out on that as an HR person. And then I really love the um, Chris Ramsey and his wife's um, Rosie's Shagged, Married, Annoyed. Also an interesting take on um, relationships. Doesn't everyone? Absolutely fantastic. Real world and geeky is good. Thank you, John. I have a relationship one that bridges. So um, Esther Perel's um, Where Should We Begin? Um, who's um, come to notoriety as a psychotherapist helping people how to run their relationships. Um, Brexit cast, I must admit, during Brexit, that was on heavy rotation for me. And um, I love hearing political journalists talk more off the record and in a relaxed way about what they think is really going on. And um, The Athletic, which is a sports subscription journalist channel, they've got a, um, a range of podcasts and they have zonal marking. Um, which is about football tactics. And I think if my um, wife listens to this podcast, you say that she's not sure any of those podcasts have improved my relationship or football skills and <laughs> prob- probably can't judge my political skills. But yeah. I was going to ask you what zonal marking was, but as a, as a West Ham fan, probably explains a lot why I don't know the, don't know the answers to that. So uh, yeah, fascinating insight. And I think it's really interesting how uh, we take our, or firstly, how many podcasts are available and secondly, how we take our inspiration mm. uh, in business from some of the things that we're interested in in life. My, my favourite podcast is uh, How to Fail by Elizabeth Day because um, I'm obsessed with failure, as my colleagues will probably tell you. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting having a gentle treatment of quite a brutal issue. Good. I think we have a sense of who we are. Um, we're good to go. So uh, really, really, really pleased with um, the honesty and let's that continue throughout our, uh, our conversation today. John, I thought for, for anyone who's not familiar with the, the Zebra project um, or, or where the project has come from. It'd be really interesting just to give us a, a sense of, of where, where did it all start and why and why, why now? Well, what was um, for me, drew me to it and got me excited about it, and I think it excited others, was that um, Taylor Vinters wanted to, I was thinking of it as about the curious and the courageous. You wanted to create a community of like-minded people who then wanted to really explore some serious issues. So, you know, the aspirations were big around how do we create a step change in innovation and growth in the quality of working lives. And it was, well, how do we start a conversation that addresses all of those things? And you mentioned the launch event in January 2018, which um, Matthew Taylor came and spoke at. And he, he came up with the phrase that day, which I think resonated both that day and then thereafter, which is that the best businesses are um, creative communities with a cause. Um, you know, and I think that kind of set a set of um, themes running that then carried on through Zebra, which was, so how do you be truly purposeful as a business, which is the cause? Um, how do you get the best out of all your employees, suppliers, customers, which is the creative bit? And then how do you create a sense of belonging and togetherness, which is the community bit? And 
we then, and we're going to talk more about all of them, the subsequent Zebra conversations that that launch event provoked. But I think that those themes still feel very resonant now, um, some nearly two years on. And I think it set up a whole set of things that then emerged as really important to all the Zebra community and the Zebra businesses, if you like, which are around purpose and transparency and ethics and culture. Um, and, you know, in being involved in some of those conversations, what I think began to emerge was that those are, we call, I think, the, the Future Fundamentals Report, which was the report from the first stage, talks about those as soft infrastructure, but they were actually the sort of foundations of sustainable success. Um, and the thing that I liked in that report was I think we, we likened them to um, like core strength in a fit. Um, you know, human being, that if you're really focusing on those things, you can actually twist and flex and adapt and deal with all the other things that are then coming our way around technology and AI and the blended workforce and social media. And so, yeah, I think all of that was an incredibly powerful um, sort of frame for all of us to think within and talk. And I think it's, it's interesting how certain phrases have stuck. So that, that sense of creative communities, I think, is, as you say, something that people are talking about even even now, 18 months on. I'm not sure whether Matthew had used that phrase before, but it certainly resonated with the audience. And I think the other one was the soft infrastructure of business. That That's that's something I get asked about um, continuously when I'm out, out talking about the Zebra project and what does that actually mean? And also, what's the, the difference between soft infrastructure of business and hard infrastructure of business? And, and also, is there, is there something something in between? Soraya, I just wanted to pick up on that concept of creative communities. I mean, you're a, yeah. you're a people, people person and HR professional. How, how important is that sense of community and creativity in a successful organisation? I think it's so important. I think it um, lends itself to that whole um, diversity and inclusion piece, you know, being able to bring your whole self to work and, you know, feel accepted. And it's you know, especially in the organisations that I've worked in, they are quite purpose-led, especially within the biotech space. So, you know, you want to create ecosystems where people thrive. And that part is really, really important, that sense of community, that sense of we're in this together in, you know, what can be really tough environments at times. Because, you know, whilst we're doing really interesting, important work that can save people's lives, there's still that commercial aspect. And, you know, it's about being able to blend both those needs in a business that you need that sense of community, that that support. Um, so being able to, you know, take away the educational piece from the Zebra Project and to understand that from like-minded individuals and translate that into a very real workplace has been so important. I think that's interesting. I mean, you work in, a, in an organisation which has a very clear sense of purpose, um, as I understand it, essentially yeah. to cure cancer, which is yeah. a very, very a serious and positive purpose to have. And I can understand how that brings people together. But, but I have seen through the events that that idea of having a, a community and a network to um, build resilience, to, yeah. to share the tough times rather than the positive messages has been one of the key positive outcomes from, from the Zebra project. What, what were the most valuable things to you about being involved in that community? Well, I think it is that peer learning. I think it's understanding that it's not easy to build an organisation and a sustainable organisation. So actually, where do you get that perspective from when sometimes in our day-to-day -day lives and jobs, we're so deep in the detail, even though we might think we're not, but then to go out and take a refreshing look at the alternative um, has been so useful, actually. And it does give you that, like you say, that resilience and that desire and passion to go back into our organisations and go, actually, we can make a difference in a different, more meaningful way. Um, I found that, yeah, just so invaluable, actually. 
yeah, we all need that little bit of motivation yeah. on a regular basis, if, and, if and not a daily basis. I think that sense of belief, sorry, I didn't mean to cut across you, but I think it's that sense of belief that there is society's changing, therefore organisations need to move with the times and people's lives have changed and need to blend. So actually using the vehicle and the conduit of the Zebra Project to understand that perspective and that more rounded out worldview as opposed to compartmentalising, you know, life and work as two separate things um, is really um, insightful, actually, because it's challenging the mindsets um, that we wouldn't normally get to challenge um, in a in a more meaningful way, actually, as opposed to it being um, confrontational. Um, it's actually bringing in those mindsets. I've been able to bring in connections that I've made through the um, Zebra into our organisation to educate, and um, it, it's changing changing my workplace. It's fantastic to hear to hear about that positive impact. And at the end of the day, it's it's really my experience of, of seeing how people participate in the project is that if you throw yourself in, you get you get a lot more out. Um, and I think you know you've, you, your experience in in your organisation has been a great great example of that. When we launched the the project, we talked about the phrase "business reimagined," uh, and I know that when we did the um, launch event, I was talking about one of the key objectives of the project to be to help inform the board agenda of the future. So it's, it's interesting, Sarah, that you pick up on that idea that businesses need to evolve I- in tandem with um, society. Um, John, you you authored the eighty minute MBA, which I think I credit with being one of the first business books I ever read because it played to my attention span. Um, when, you, when you were involved in bringing that that piece, to that, that learned work together, um, did you have a sense that the sort of issues that we're talking about now were emerging on the board agenda or is that something that's come latterly? No, we did. And um, I mean, look, we don't claim foresight, but it, it turned out to be. So when we launched it in 2007, um, so this 80-minute MBA course has got a number of components, and it's sustainability, leadership, culture, cash, and conversation. Um, that's what you do in 80 minutes, and we led with sustainability. Um, and this was before Al Goose and Convenient Truth, and it's before, in a way, the science was coming in. And what we were suggesting to business leaders was the evidence is beginning to mount that we've got a problem. And we think that business success bought at the cost of the planet isn't business success. You know, in a way, that was quite a, you know, kind of sharp edge thing to do in 2007. Now it's business mainstream. So, no, I mean, we talked to, we talked to a range of CEOs when we were writing the book. And what always distinguishes those that you are drawn to and you want to work through and the businesses you'd like to work in and those that weren't were those that had that, I would say, that purpose and humanity and compassion and were thinking about how do we respond to challenges that are real? And there was, I remember at um, the launch event, um, I think somebody said, actually, in terms of if you're working out whether you're an ethical business yet, if you felt you've never confronted a dilemma, you're not ethical. In other words, business is about confronting challenges and dilemmas. And the, and the best businesses, zebra businesses, I guess, are those that create a space inside the organization to resolve what might be the consensus to find a way through. And as um, Sarah was saying, sometimes those challenges are quite difficult. You're balancing a whole range of considerations, stakeholder, shareholder, commercial, operational, but actually it's creating that space to say things are moving, things are happening, what do we think, how do we respond, and that being a live conversation. So no, I think I think businesses get a bad rap sometimes as you know being presented as non-reflective and and not having that broader worldview. And it's again back to what Sarah said, increasingly we're being encouraged to bring our perspectives and our humanity and our insights into our lives and our work. And therefore I think businesses are becoming much more lively caucuses and forums to debate how to respond. And I think that's a good thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. It, it's been interesting. We've got a number of um, leaders of sustainability. Um, I'm not quite sure what that is as a job, job description, but di- different leaders of sustainability uh, as podcast guests uh, coming up and talking to some of those individuals. The, the range of uh, topics that are included within that sustainability agenda are interesting and I think they, they play uh, very neatly into some of the topics that we've, we've covered um, during the project. But it's interesting talking to those individuals about how sustainability is not a functional unit within an organisation, but actually it's it's a leadership theme. It's worth saying that if, if anybody wants to read the Future Fundamentals Report, it's available for download on the uh, Zebra Project website. The Zebra Project website uh, is at a URL, which is thezebraproject.co. And that doesn't mean that we missed something off. And lots, lots of people yes. thought we, we missed something. <laughs> and on, at thezebraproject.co, you can download the Future Fundamentals report, um, but you can also watch uh, thumbnail videos of, of um, feedback from the events that we had. And in fact, Dom, uh, who's who's with us today, is, is one of the key interviewers there. It's worth it's worth having a look at those. I, I refreshed my uh, my my memory of all the, all the topics that we'd covered before we came in today, um, and there's some fantastic content uh, on that zebra wall. What were, what were the three themes that that came out of the Future Fundamentals report? The, the, I mean, the three themes which I think um, and they they came across throughout all of the zebra events. So first, obviously, blended workforce, the idea of uh, humans and technology working together, and really humans focusing on what they're best at, which is kind of the softer skills, and then tech technology doing the stuff which you know which we classified when we were talking as sort of um, you know dull dull dirty or repetitive effectively that you know machines can just do much quicker much more efficiently and without any other kind of you know human failings behind them so they don't get tired they don't get sick and that's you know so technology has a real place in the in the future workplace so the the, the second theme was around ethical innovation and that grew in importance, I think, the more conversations we had with business leaders, there was a real sense of needing to be ethical in how you grew your organization. Um, and also, particularly with the increased use of, of technology, there was a sense that um, for most organizations, they need to do that in a really, really transparent way. So if, um, if you are using tech to make automated decisions on behalf of your business, people need to understand how how they're getting to those decisions. They're not, you know, and I, I sat on a citizen's jury for the RSA, uh, which looked at their very, that very issue. So brought a load of people, um, you know, effectively off the street for a weekend and said, hey, do you realize that AI is being used to make all these decisions about your insurance applications and, and other, you know, life-affirming issues? So, you know, whether someone gets refused parole and things like that when they're, when they're incarcerated. And, and people either had no idea or had an idea but weren't terribly comfortable with it. Um, and it, it's that sense bringing that back into business. Um, uh, businesses using tech in quotes the right way, um, I think, is is really important for their brand. Um, and then the, the third the third theme, which I think this was the one that surprised me the most, was um, the sense of needing a platform for purpose. So, and that's nothing to do really with the future workplace as such. That's something that's been. Um, that's something that's been around for a long time, but it, it, I think it forced participants in Zebra to really think about, okay, well, we know what we're doing, we know where we're trying to get to, but not all of us know why. Um, so that really struck me as really important. And absolutely chimes with Sarai's experience of, of, of the value in taking some of that 
network experience back in back into the workplace. The idea of the blended workforce is, I think, is a really interesting one, and nothing that's happened in the intervening eighteen months since we launched the project has done anything to reassure us that that isn't an even bigger and more complicated issue. One of the uh, podcast conversations that we'll be having later in the series is with a an airline captain who's talking about the role of automation in the cockpit and the interface between professionals, aircrew, um, and and technology. I'm really looking forward to understanding just how that's changed the workplace. And I think in particular, not just looking at the, the positive side of that. I mean, there are huge benefits from a consistency and safety point of view, but also uh, some of the challenges of having to adapt the way you work and deal with um, the monotony of monitoring systems rather than the the joy of manually flying an aircraft. So mm. look look forward to uh, to that discussion later in the series. And on the on the ethics point, um, I think that is becoming a, a huge theme. And and as we become more and more educated as a society, um, I think the challenges for businesses around those ethical issues will will get greater and greater. Um, I look forward to us uh, finding someone that's willing to come and talk to us in the future about how to cope with some of those ethical challenges. Um, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. John, when we uh, started the project, one of our one of our objectives was to was to reach people um, and to be a, an advocate for for good business. Knowing all all you know, having had the experience of being involved through your own organisation, um, Culture Counts and, and the Zebra Project. What what do you think a good business is? What does it mean today? I get that that's going to change rapidly, but what is a good business when we're talking about good business? Well, I think we partly began to describe some of it. I think if you're a creative community with a cause, you're a good business, but let's unpack that. And I think, I think that one of the things that I enjoyed watching in the Zebra conversations was to see organisations think about, well, what does it mean to be purposeful and be careful about your ethical reputation, your external reputation? But then the challenges that poses about living up to those internally. So what does it mean to align your internal values, your culture, the way you engage people, um, so that actually... Um, that purpose is real, both in terms of how you make decisions. So that's, I think, the, something that came out of Zebra. It's all very well to so any. Let's be. Um, let's. Not, I'm not thinking of any business in particular, but we could imagine a business rebrands themselves as being purposeful, and they announce their purpose, and then they're confronted with an ethical dilemma, and you can see that purpose hasn't informed their decision. So I think one of the things that I took out of um, the Zebra conversations was that good businesses define their purpose in ways that they actually inform decision making that they define some of their values and cultural behaviour. It defines how they recruit, it defines how they manage people, and it defines how they deal with an ethical dilemma. So I think one definition of a really good business that's being that creative community with the cause is that they're, that, 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 that kind of decision-making and lived behaviour and values is running through it, and it shapes what they do next, rather than being something that is just a, a marketing convenience that when the going gets tough and the weather gets bad, you you revert to type and you revert to what you did before. So I think that's probably quite a good litmus test for practically what a good business is trying to do. Which brings us straight back to that idea that, 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 that to be a good business, you need to have good leadership around those those issues. Um, and I you know I certainly notice in the conversations that I have, there's a there's a lot of cynicism about purpose washing organisations and you know, picking up on your point about uh, reverting to type and marketing. But, but actually the, the ability to uh, accept the imperfection that comes with trying to address the issues that are, that are so pressing for so many organisations, but on an incremental 
basis, I think, actually is one of the traits of, of good leadership. And certainly when we've talked to leaders as part of the project, it's, it's those that are willing to, to have a go, to, to accept the imperfection in some of what they're doing, but have a clear sense of, of direction and purpose and motivation. They are the ones that are actually having an impact, even if that impact is only ab- about motivating their workforce to do exactly the same. It's, it's, it's back to the essence of leadership. Thanks for listening to part one of the podcast. Part two is now available for you to listen to and enjoy. But also, please visit our website at www.thezebraproject.co to find out information on further podcasts and insights and also how to get involved with The Zebra Project.